With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb? In for Dan Patrick, Fox Sports Radio, my guy Dan Beyer, John, uh, Iowa Sam on the ones and twos today, and of course, the esteemed producing talents of Jason Stewart, alongside, you can hear the Doug Gottlieb Show every day, 3 to 5 Eastern Time, 12 to 2 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we have a new Masters champion, um, a weird way in which Tiger Woods exited Augusta. The NBA playoffs, including the play-in series, has been set. And um, I don't know if you call it backing into the playoffs or what the hell's going on in Minnesota, but we got to talk about it. What a, They had themselves a day. <laughs> they had themselves a day. Uh, uh, we'll, get to the, we'll get to the Wolves. Uh, Carson Palmer is... Um, He's making some news in his football analysis. We'll get to we'll get to that. Um, but let, let's start with some news in the NFL, which is it's a bit of a plot twist, right? So, of the guys out there who are free agent wide receivers, Odell Beckham Jr. without any question is the biggest name. Now, I I don't know what he's going to look like in an NFL uniform. Remember, there was a ton of hype about him um, in the middle to the end of the season. The thought was he was going to sign with the Dallas Cowboys or somebody. And then he wasn't actually cleared to play. Then after the year, after, remember, parading kind of around the league throughout the season, including showing up at the Rams victory celebration and ring ceremony for their first game. But he was in other games as well. He kind of had like a Where's Waldo sort of thing. Like, what's Odell Beckham Jr. doing here? Uh, then there was talk, oh, well, Odell Beckham Jr., he wants $20 million, and no one signed him. People went and saw him worked out. Then it was last week, $15 million. Now it's a one-year deal, which could wor- be worth up to $18 million. We'll see what the actual details of it are. But he signs with the Baltimore Ravens. Like, huh, Baltimore Ravens. Wait. Is Lamar Jackson their quarterback or not their quarterback? And, and why would you do this? And I, I have a, I have a hypothesis. Okay, 
hypotheses is not a theory. I mean, it's one of the few things that I picked up from elementary school that I remember, right? Theory is something that's been proven over time. And, and Dan Byer, here, here's the hypothesis. All right. The hypothesis is the Ravens are trying as hard as they can to, one, do it their way and change this entire narrative of, you know, uh, the Ravens haven't surrounded him with good enough players. Now, you and I have discussed this on my show before, which is like, look, you can say whatever you want about how much they should pay him and how many years guaranteed and how they handled it. I believe, you know, Rashad Bateman going back to 2021 drafted as a wide receiver in the first round. In 2020, second round, J.K. Dobbins. Now he got hurt, but J.K. Dobbins, a great pass catching running back. You look at Marquise Brown the year before, first round draft pick. Um, They even took Miles Boykin in the third round. You know, and this is after drafting Lamar Jackson in the first round, surrounding him with Mark Andrews. And of course, they've they've since parted companies with Hayden Hurst. The point is that they're trying to say, look, we've given him everything and we've given him a three year guaranteed contract at the same type of money of all the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Lamar Jackson not wanting to play for us is Lamar Jackson decision, not a Ravens decision. So, so like OBJ apparently FaceTime with Lamar Jackson. And I, I do think that people are like, well, he wouldn't have signed there. Lamar Jackson, like Odell Beckham, you're just trying to get paid, man. He didn't care. But I, I think this, this shifts a lot of the power to the hand of the Ravens, which is, Hey, look, man, you're still under contract with us for $32 million and change. We still like to resign you long-term. We're surrounding you. You still have Andrews Dobbins, uh, you still have Rashad Bateman. Now you have Odell Beckham Jr. You, you know, you're know you going to have Ronnie Stanley back who's been hurt at left tackle, who we paid more than anybody else. We've given you everything. All you got to do is come here and play, and we'll give you a gigantic three-year guaranteed contract. I, I think it's about power and control, and the Ravens tried to retake it with the move yesterday. Yeah, I think it's optics, because I don't know why you would give Odell Beckham Jr., $15 million guaranteed coming off of his second ACL surgery. Um, I I think you could ask Lamar Jackson and say, would you rather have uh, this $15 million that we were going to uh, give you, or should we use that to go sign Odell Beckham Jr.? I, I don't think the situation with Lamar changes either. To your point of where this is, it seems like it's 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 almost almost window dressing in a way. Uh, of looking to your point of saying, hey, we've done everything that we can. He just brought in a free agent wide receiver again that is coming off of his second knee surgery, couldn't play at the end of last year despite being rumored everywhere, and then on top of that, didn't really get a discount on it. It's the only thing that it can be. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't, he's not the, he's not the missing piece between the Ravens and a Super Bowl or an AFC championship game. So what's the actual value in it? No, it's it's a that's a great way to look at it. It's almost like I'm trying to think. You know, it's 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 like getting a name brand car that's a used car. You're like, "Hey man, got you a Lexus." Like, um it's a 2008, right? Like the Bluetooth is this is like first gen Bluetooth, you know? And and OBJ to call him uh first gen Bluetooth would be unfair. It's more like a like a 2018 or 2017, you know, yes. you're like, well, yeah, you know, I, like I have a 2017 and I have a nice car, but it's got 200,000 miles on it. 
right? Which is a lot like Odell Beckham Jr. It's an incredible car when it's running right, but it's it's had two ACL surgeries and a broken leg and all kinds of other issues. But I, I guess the the question becomes, and now you turn to to Lamar Jackson, like, hey dude, look, you're under contract for at least this year, and honestly, they can have you under contract for next year. Your choices are to sit out, receive substantial fines, and but whenever you play, you're going to play on the franchise tag unless you sign a long-term extension. And if you or or come and play, and you got all these guys with you, sure. Like, I I, th- I think it's a little bit of a control thing, not just window dressing. <sighs> when you look at what the, what the options are for Lamar, and apparently there are none outside of Baltimore. It's almost like Baltimore understands that Lamar is going to be resigned to the fact of he's going to have to play in Baltimore, despite asking for the trade last month, despite saying that he you know, wanted a fresh start in a different organization and now having that transition tag. It is, a, all right, how do, how do we then make this work? Like That could be the other just aspect of it, of he's going to end up having to come back because there is no way anybody is going to offer him an offer sheet. It's just not going to happen. Maybe they tested the waters and decided, all right, that's the case. And then they'll try to figure this all out at the end of, of next season um, and making uh, the best case possible, best case scenario to make it work for at least next season. That's a, yeah. it's a, that, that's, I mean, I think that's the best case scenario for the Ravens. I, yeah. I just like this whole meeting with the Jets that OBJ had uh, scheduled for today where – I, I think you could make an argument of why do the Jets need him? You brought in Alan Lazard, you brought in Nicole Hardman, you have Brees Hall coming back from his uh, ACL, uh, and Garrett Wilson's your number one uh, target. You know, even when Aaron Rodgers comes there, Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to elevate to number one. So this whole like, why do you keep OBJ out of New York or out of that Jets meeting? Like, why? Why do you over? Why do you give him the amount of money that you want? I, I'm trying to be cautious in the words of overpaying. I just think $15 million uh, with uh, incentives up to $18 million for a situation is just a, a little high. I just don't understand why. Why let's you know we're not going to let him out of the building, Doug. We cannot let Odell Beckham Jr. out of well, the building. You actually I, can if you look. If I'm, I'm with value you. I'm, wise. I, I understand, but I'm with you. I'm 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 there with you. But you got to also understand now that OBJ does have a different kind of gravitational pull. He has a different sort of star feel. And, um, you know, look, they, they've done this before. They had Steve Smith, Steve Smith Sr., right, where he comes over from Carolina. Um, remember, they brought, didn't they bring Deion Sanders out of retirement? Yes. Uh, they, they've, done, they've done a little bit of this before, but, but here's the... Anyone who argues that the Ravens, well, the Ravens, they didn't want Lamar. Like, no, they offered him a five-year, $200-plus million contract. No, they, 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 they didn't offer him, you know, in the, anywhere in the range of, of the top-level quarterbacks. No, by Lamar's own admission, it was three years, 133, which puts him right there in the middle of the Josh Allen sort of deal. Well, they remember Lamar, by all reports, he was kind of done playing in Greg Roman's offense. Not sure if people are aware, but they went and got Todd Munkin from Georgia. It's going to be more of a traditional pro-style offense where he can run and kind of scramble within it, not as much design runs as previously. Oh, well, they've never given him the weapons. Like, dude, now you have a first-round draft pick. 
who's like in his third year at one uh, on one side. You got OBJ on the other side, and then you got uh, the, the highest or second highest paid tight end in the league in Mark Andrews, and you have J.K. Dobbins, who's an excellent uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. Like we've given you everything you could have wanted, and oh yeah, by the way, like if I'm I've been honest on my show. Some people have been a little bit disingenuous. If you miss 11 games the past two years, especially 11 games during crunch time, playoff time, when you need to be playing football, you know, it's going to hurt your value, not just to not just to the Ravens, but to anybody in the league. And so there's a really kind of honest conversation here. Like, hey, look, Lamar, I we get what you want. OK, but there's no market for it out there. There just isn't. That's what we did. There's zero market for it. So if you don't want to sign the extension, okay, you're under contract for this year's franchise tag, and we're going to give you all these weapons. We'll give you a new offense. All you got to do is show up and see how it goes. And worst case scenario, you make $33 million, we're in the same position next year, and we figure out how to move on. Best case scenario, you go out, you're the MVP of the league, and now we got to break all kinds of records to keep you, or somebody else will. Like, I think that's a real conversation you have. Man, I I still don't think they got give him what he wants. I don't I don't know if it's the equivalent of pizza at work instead of a raise. <laughs> Which by the way is twenty percent of my TikTok feed for some reason. The you know, like, hey, guess what? Look at this. Here's here's some pizza. Sorry, can't do this, can't do that. They're saying, hey, look, we got OBJ, but I want the fully guaranteed contact uh, contract. Well, we can't do that. That's why I just I I Lamar really doesn't have a lot of options except to go back to Baltimore or to not play. And to give, you know, to to give Odell Beckham Jr. this amount of money um, for just one season, by the way. That's the other thing, Doug. Like, if it works, if it works out in the scenario that you play out, Odell Beckham Jr. is a free agent after next season. Sure. And then I think think that's smart, by the way, for the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. It's it's also smart where you again you look on the the other back end of it. It gives you every reason to move on if it doesn't work out. If Lamar gets hurt again, uh, if there isn't a connection, they say good all good things come to those who wait. Mercedes Benz SUVs proves otherwise. It takes no time to set up a test drive at your local Mercedes Benz dealer. Learn more at mbusa.com. Doug Gottlieb and uh, Dan Beyer, along with. Uh, Jason Stewart in for Dan, Dan Patrick show here on Fox Sports Radio plus the Danettes all on vacation this week. Do you see this where Jeremy Fowler says Lamar not considered a top five quarterback um, by GMs he's talked to? I believe he fell out of the top 10 heading into last year. And I, I think that's actually reasonable. Like we're we're still working on dated data. It's like, well, he's the MVP of the league. Like, yeah, that was a while ago. You know, um, it's hard to tell. Now, he's the most inaccurate passer of any starter opening day starter in the NFL last year. Uh, he's still obviously dynamic with his legs, but he has been hurt the past two years. And, you know, you got Herbert Burrow, Mahomes, um, Josh Allen. Um, I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I, I, oh, go ahead. I'd put Jalen hurts. I like, I'd be more comfortable in giving Jalen hurts a deal than Lamar Jackson, a deal. Hmm. Well, I mean, like, look, everyone is all in on Jalen Hurts now. I wasn't before the season. I don't know, like, what would Lamar Jackson look like with with that surrounding cast? But to your point, Jalen Hurts has 
better talent around him, but has been far more efficient with that better talent around him, right? He's not the runner of Lamar, but he's improved more as a passer in, in, a, in a shorter period of time than Lamar has. Yeah, still, still with the threat to run. Oh, he's still, and, yeah. and now, now we're going to see with that team, right? When you have new, new coordinators, probably a new offensive line, you're going to miss some pieces. But I, I, I think not having him as a top five, what's interesting is what do you do with Russell Wilson, right? Where does he fit in this? What do you do with Aaron Rodgers, who'd forever be in the top five, but didn't play well last year, you know? And then kind of you look around the league, you're like, okay, who else really is there that that jumps out at you that you know is going to be know is going to be elite like uh, Matt Stafford we have no idea what that'll look like when he comes back from injury um he wasn't great before he got hurt and you know he's been I mean he had an injury that some people thought it would be career threatening you know this is part of this is again the dilemma though with Lamar is the accolades and the accomplishments outweigh many quarterbacks in the National Football League but that's not why you're giving him the long-term deal that's not why you're giving him the amount of money. You're trying to guess on what's ahead because if he just did on what had just happened, you're doing bad business. Yeah. And that's what makes it so difficult is, you know what, maybe you can make an argument for him being number five or, or make him in the top seven or top nine for what's going on. But looking forward and where you're going and what you're trying to do, I think that there he falls down those lists because of the injury history and the threat of that. Yeah, I I think all that's fair. I think having this fair discussion. Look, he's super talented. I think he's the best running quarterback we've ever seen. Um, he will throw a great deep ball. It's always been the underneath, underneath intermediate stuff, stuff outside the numbers. And we'll see. But the question is, will we see this year in Baltimore? I think we both agree that even if it's pizza at work, I like pizza at work. And if I'm already getting paid and there's nowhere else that's going to pay me, the, like, that's the point. You're like, hey, we can't pay you here. To this point, no one has stepped up and sure. said they're going to pay him what he he believes he's worth. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. 
Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Do you want to know how long I've been doing this? Doug Gottlieb in for Dan Patrick, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. So... Uh, Iowa Sam, he plays the music, right? So, Jay Stu, I think Rick Buecher is going to join us right now. Uh, Doug Gottlieb and uh, Dan Beyer, my man Jason Stewart, we're all in for Dan Patrick, Dan of the Danettes, off this week. Do you remember doing a portion of a segment on this song, Rick Buecher? Uh, if it had to do with my, uh, college experience, yeah. Um, okay. Here's what it has to do with. I used to have you on my show. I think it was back in the game night days. And we used to ask him one musical question a week. And what you guys don't know about Buker was, uh, college soccer star at Dartmouth, right? So I'm guessing. A little bit of a stretch, but okay. Wait, what? Star is a little bit of a stretch, but okay, I'll take it. No film or stats exist. Just roll with it, okay? <laughs> Somebody's calling you a star. <laughs> anyway, um, so he's, he's wicked smart. Wicked smart. Plus, you spend time at Dartmouth. You're going to spend a lot of time drinking beer and a lot yep. of time by yourself in your room listening to music while you're studying, yep. right? And yep. so you used to tell me the, like, what what songs mean? We'd have you on once a week, and yep. um, this was it, this was about a guy who ran a club, and he didn't he didn't like the music that loud, right? I think right. that's that, that's literally what it was. Uh, Sharif don't like it. Rock the Casbah. Yeah, but you had like the the actual club and actually what it was about. Like you did a little research. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty impressive stuff. Pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, um, I'm a, little, I'm a little wacky like that. A uh, yep. little wacky what's going on in Minnesota. Rudy Gobert punches his teammate, now bringing in a doubt whether he'll play in the play-in game. And then, of course, Jaden McDaniels is walking up the court. He punches a wall, breaking his hand, knowing he yep. won't play in the playoff game. Uh, did, did you know there was frustration or this much frustration in the Twin Cities? I didn't know that there was this much frustration just because guys punching walls and punching each other in huddles is a little beyond. I mean, obviously, the pressure of the situation uh, escalated. I, I didn't know that this was, an, as Chris Finch, uh, the, the head coach, referenced, that it was an immature team in a lot of ways, coming from some surprising places. That's why I thought the... Uh, the impact of Mike Conley uh, having him rather than D'Angelo Russell was going to have a, uh, a positive effect on the team. And it did 
until you got Carl Anthony Towns back and you had to fit that into the equation. But uh, in, in the big picture, I'm, I'm not that surprised. I am disappointed uh, because I just think the, the, the Timberwolves on paper have a, a ton of potential in spite of trying to figure out how you're going to make uh, Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns number one uh, work. But so we'll see where it goes from here. Um, but I'm not I'm not overly shocked. And the, the other part is not only the immaturity, but the lack of leadership. I mean, this has really been sort of a rudderless ship. And Chris Finch is a nice guy, and I think he's a good coach, but he's not a confrontational type guy. And so you look around, and Mike Conley uh, has come in and had that impact, but he's not that overbearing type of personality to pull everybody in line. And so what you had was Kyle Anderson, who's a team leader, trying to get Rudy Gobert to do what he needs to do. Rudy, for being as big as he is, as well-paid as he is, as experienced as he is, still a, a, he's probably one of the most immature guys on that team. And so that's the rub. You have, one of your, 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 you have the guy you went out and got. You have the guy who's highly paid, and he's a little goofy, as we know going back to the whole COVID incident. And, and that really hasn't changed since he's been in Minnesota. At least he fought a teammate instead of a wall. Uh, there, at least is that because the uh, wall is undefeated. Um, yeah. But are things actually falling in place for the Lakers now? When you look at now, they have Minnesota in the play-in tournament. How are things falling for the Lakers now that the postseason is here? I think they're falling in place as much as they can. I'm still not sold on the overall ability of the team. Like I, I they didn't just put uh, Utah away uh, in spite of Utah not playing anybody. And, but I, and we could say the same for the Clippers in terms of playing a Phoenix team that wasn't playing any stars. But I just don't know how much better the Lakers can play. And I'll be real, and I'm fascinated to find out push comes to shove what happens. Because I, I this is why you don't want to get into playing. Because for one night – uh, if the Timberwolves come correct, they can, they can win this game. Like, even in spite of everything, uh, there's some matchups there that are going to be difficult for, for the Lakers. Now, just considering that they are discombobulated, I would expect that the Lakers are going to win. But, so now you have to win the play-in, and now you're going to play Memphis, who you, they play as fast as any team in the league, and, they, and they're, what, the top – might be the top defensive team in the Western Conference. They're going to get run off the court, uh, Buke, and 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 yeah. if and remember, they're they're <laughs> going to have to play. They're going to have to play like this is the whole thing where uh, there, there's two parts to it because I want to get to the plink element to it. But in terms of the yeah. like, look, it's great that they rescued their season. They played really good basketball, but yep. you got to play an extra game on older yep. legs. Like yep. they were yep. completely out of gas this week playing the Clippers, you know, because it was five and seven nights. Like, what do you think is going to happen when they go play Memphis with those young legs in front of yeah. just a raucous atmosphere? Like, they're going to run you off the court. Yeah, I, that's what I would expect. And the other, the other part is, is that you you really have to dial in and get ready for Minnesota. So you have to spend that time to get ready for the Timberwolves, and then turn around and dive into a seven game series with the Memphis Grizzlies. Meanwhile. 
Memphis Grizzlies are just dialing in to what they want to do with you. And this is the great distinction that happens in the postseason and why sometimes you take what happens in the regular season as evidence and sometimes you have to throw it away, which is now you really get the opportunity to kind of exploit a team's weaknesses. And the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be very prepared to do that. I mean, short of it is, I do not expect – I would expect that the Lakers can get it done against Minnesota. I don't see how they get past the Memphis Grizzlies. Everybody's got amnesia, right? Last time the Lakers in the playoffs, they were talking all that ish to, to Phoenix, right? Backing yeah. them down. Anthony Davis gets hurt, and LeBron James couldn't carry the team, and they get beat in the playoffs. That was the last time they played in the playoffs. But it's like, oh, you don't want to run up on LeBron in the playoffs. Like, okay, Phoenix did. That was two years ago. He's not better yeah. now than he, than he was when he, than he was them. Um, all right, let's stick with the Lakers. Rick Bucher, Fox Sports 1, FoxSports.com, joining us. I made the case, like, look, I don't think the Westbrook acquisition was mostly him. Did he do the deal? Yes, but... As, as we have come to learn, and you would know way better than I would, I don't think that he was pushing for that deal. He was, he was pushing for other deals. But to unwind that deal, not do it over the offseason, do it in the middle of the season, and then the team to play better. And they played better without LeBron, too. Um, I don't know if he's GM of the year, right? I mean, you go to Sacramento, they've done a great job going back to their offseason. But it really feels like Palinka solidified his cases as being the GM of the Lakers for a long time. Uh, well, that's good. Uh, he did sign an extension, and I I would agree with you uh, on on all counts. It wasn't it it wasn't his first thought to do the Westbrook deal, and um, and what he did at the trade deadline still amazes me because Vanderbilt and Be- Beasley were in talking to the scouts and GMs around the league, like those were the prized possessions that everybody was looking to get. And the fact that he wound up with them uh, is, and how they fit. I, yeah, I, I give him high marks as much abuse as, as Palenka has taken. Now look, and then done that, hasn't done everything right, but he certainly hasn't deserved deserve the grief that uh, that he's received and and to your point look when you got clutch agent clutch clients and you got LeBron James you're going to be this is the compromise that that you make and and this is a difficult compromise it used to be if you did LeBron's bidding it kept him happy uh, the the pieces generally made sense and he was going to get you where you wanted to go so you you you, you took it you followed their blueprint and uh and you were going to get the dividends at, at some point it was going to come boomerang on you but you know you, you could enjoy the success in the short term lebron just can't guarantee you that anymore and no, he's yeah. actually yeah. he's asking for he's reaching now for those things trying to compensate for what he can't do and that's how you got into the russ westbrook situation in the first place because he's looking at ad not not being as aggressive and forward as everybody had hoped he would be under LeBron. And so you go and get Westbrook, who is all of that, thinking that that – I mean, everybody, everybody seems to have amnesia about this too, right? It was Westbrook was going to kick AD's ass, and that was going to get him going and get his motor going. Um, LeBron was putting 
uh, Instagram posts out there of him and Westbrook working out together. Like, they were, he was all in on this um, because it was his it was his choice. And now when it turns around, it's like, uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Palinka shouldn't have said yes to what LeBron wanted. I'm like, okay, what? Well, like, what? Um, but that's that's what happens in LeBron world. So. We've learned to live with it. What's the first thing the Mavericks have to address now that their offseason is here? Wow. Um, it, it is it is figuring out what it's going to cost you to keep Kyrie. And I don't take anything from the fact that he didn't do uh, an exit interview with the media. If he didn't do an exit interview with the, the Mavs, which I haven't heard was the case, um, that would be different. But – um, I'm actually working on a piece right now about why players in the league have such a disparate view, admire and respect Kyrie in a way that most media and a lot of fans don't. And one of the simplest answers is he treats the media and some, play, some fans dramatically different than he does his fellow players. And it's why Maxi Kleber would say he's a great teammate. It's why Luka Dacic would say – I, I want him back. I think we can make this work. It's why for all the things that have happened with all the other teams, you never hear players regret uh, or blame Kyrie for what, for what happened. Uh, and it's, a, it's a fascinating thing. So they don't have, look, they don't have any choice but to try to re-sign him. And the only question is going to be, like, what's the number going to be? Um, can, if, if, if he's standing on getting a max and he's going to be unhappy unless he gets the max, um, you know, and then you got to get into this, well, go, go see what else you can get. Uh, that, that's the trickiest part of this. But I, look, overall, I'm looking at the, the Mavs. They need a lot of things, and they don't have the requisite assets to be able to improve this roster measurably, and that's, that's their biggest issue. But the number one is they cannot afford to have just Ky- Kyrie Irving just walk. Um, you, you, for people who don't know, Buke lives in the Bay Area. Uh, we won't give out the exact address, but um, you, so you've seen this Warriors thing since its infancy. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're healthy now, right? They barely yep. pay attention to the regular season. Now they're healthy. Uh, we think they'll have Wig back for the, for the King series. Um, but now the, now the Kings are, I don't know if they're a playoff real team, but they're a real team and that place is going to be a zoo problem with Sacramento is it's going to be half warriors fans. So what do we make of these warriors heading into the playoffs? Well, they are going to be as good as they've been. And they do have that postseason experience and magic and the Kings do not. Um, but I, I'll, they're not a very good defensive team, even with Andrew Wiggins and Gary Payton back, they're going to be better. Um, But these are two not very good defensive teams. And so I think that the, the, the Warriors obviously come in despite being the sixth seed. I would, I would say that they're favored, but I don't expect that they're just going to blow away the Sacramento Kings. I think that this is going to be at least a six-game series. Um, 
There is the experience factor, but I just I I think the Kings are a little bit better than people are giving them credit for. There's a reason why they finished where they were where they did, and I think that Mike Brown, uh, having been with the Warriors for a good stretch, has a lot of really good insight into a lot of their uh, a lot of their players and and how to approach them and whether the Kings are able to execute all that remains to be seen. But I think I, I expect that to be a competitive series. Yeah. Um, well, then you have Clippers and Suns. There's, there's some really good stuff. Buke, we'll talk more about it when you join me on my show. Thanks so much for joining us on the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. My pleasure. Uh, it's Rick Buecher, Fox Sports 1, NBA analyst and Fox Sports Radio, NBA insider. Coming up next on the Dan Patrick Show, the Dodgers find themselves in an unusual position. We'll discuss next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know. Take over a minute to down a two-liter. Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Dan Patrick Show rolls on. You're on Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb. And for Dan, the Danettes, my man Dan Byron. Jay Stu alongside. I, I'm like, I'm so excited to talk about the Timberwolves and the day that they had yesterday. I'm going to have to wait about 15 minutes, guys. But, uh, Dan, you're our resident golf expert. So, John Rahm wins the Masters, right? In fairly confident fashion, right? Uh, Brooks Kepka. Really struggles on day four. 
Yes. Tiger Wood Tiger Woods makes it to the weekend at first because of the weather and then because he he makes the makes the cut, but then has to retire as he's kind of shuffling around like like an old dude, right? Just really, really looked uh really looked banged up and you start to understand uh, how difficult it's gonna be on that ankle to play four days at a major, especially one as hilly as Augusta. Um what do you think like the biggest storyline from Augusta was? I laughed when you said day four, because that's the only way that you can put it. You can't say final round. You can't say round three because everything was just mixed and mashed together over the last four days to make sure you got the Sunday evening finish where John Rahm wins by four in the sun. And I just don't think that that was the story. I think it's a little bit of Tiger. I, I think that the this this whole live PGA Tour thing is is still there. I wasn't on the grounds. I can't tell you what the difference was, but I sure feel like when we talked about the cost of live golf and what that cost was going to be, and I know in working with you and all the years that I've had, you bring up the point of, you know, when you grad transfer out of somewhere, you enter the transfer portal. You're, you're out. You're, yeah, you're not coming back for a senior day or, or you know, like the 10-year anniversary or whatever. It's You're not coming back for those reunions. It's not happening. And that's what I felt like happened with Phil Mickelson yesterday. That that there was I, – I don't know if, if the, the live PGA Tour rivalry was muted – it felt like it was it was touched upon, but maybe it's gone on for a little while where it's just not as much of a hot-button topic that you're trying to figure out a way to coexist at a party. But I just felt that the price that, the, that those players paid, specifically Phil Mickelson, was felt yesterday because his round would have been the story when he didn't win. I think that the galleries, the roars, it would have been cuts to Phil Mickelson, especially with Tiger not being there, and especially with Rom and Kepka not really dueling it out. Phil Mickelson's charge was the, was really the story, and I just didn't get the feel that it was being pushed as the story. I thought Jordan Spieth's push was, but I didn't think that Phil's was, and that's the that's was like my takeaway, like. Phil goes and shoots, what, 65 yesterday and finishes yep. in a tie for second at 52 years of age? Yeah. They're yeah. still talking about Jack top tedding in 1998 at 58 years old. We made such a big deal about Fred Couples making the cut, being the oldest player to do it. Uh, we took talked about Tiger's longevity of just now 23 straight cuts made at the Masters. I was surprised at how it felt that Mickelson's charge was almost, it felt muted. And yeah. I think that that was the price of live golf. I, I agree. It's it's a little bit, and uh, stick with me for a second on this one. The I think the parallel is what I've always said also, not just about grad transfers, but like the steroid guys in baseball, which which is like, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna take your awards, we're not gonna take your records, right? We're not even gonna asterisk them. You know, we can't take your money. You made a mm-hmm. lot of money, um, but we're just not gonna recognize you as in in the Hall of Fame. As of as of now, I don't know if eventually they will. Right? You just that's something you lose. Sorry. And the grad transfer part though is it's perfect. That's a perfect parallel though, which is again we're not we're not saying that those times didn't happen, but it just feels icky now. You know, and even to people who say, well, like, look, we've been taking money for sponsors for a long time, and people don't even realize like who's behind it. Oh, got it granted. I got it granted, but. 
This was a direct attack on the PGA Tour, something that which had built your career, and it's funded by a government which has which has supported terrorism for for years, right? And regardless of how how our government aligns, it was a clear choice that you made, not this whole to spread golf. And and there have been some of them like, look, I, I mean, I think it was Dustin Johnson. Like, I mean, it's a crazy amount of money. You know, but this, the guys that are like, you know, I'm just doing it to spread golf. Like, what are you talking? You're not spreading any word of golf. And, and and in fairness, you know, as disruptors, they have disrupted the tour. The tour has adopted some of their, you know, they've increased some of the, 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 the pots of money. They've changed how, how these tournaments work, right? It, there has been some good that's come out of it in terms of refreshing the PGA tour. But yeah, these guys Wore the black hat, and I don't think there's any getting that back. Like, Phil Mickelson had an unbelievable day. And Phil Mickelson has, he went through this time where he's he was the guy. When Tiger was the bad, he was good. Now, Tiger's good. They cannot, they cannot both be good at the same time. It's very, very interesting. right? They can't both be good, and they can't both be bad at the same time. Like we didn't like Tiger, like, oh, we like Phil. Now we like Tiger. Oh, we feel so bad for Tiger. Now we don't like Phil. But... He, he makes it easy with the live golf thing. A crazy rich guy. I mean, this is who Phil is, though, right? He was making crazy money on the tour. He wanted one last, one last gigantic contract, and he got it. It's the same guy, though, that, you know, he's making between 20 and 50 every year, and he complained about taxes in California, state in which he lives. Like, come on, dude. Like, you pay a lot of taxes because you make a ton of money. Deal with it. That this is these are first world problems. Yeah, and these things happen naturally. And and the reason why I felt that Liv just had this, you know, this I, I don't know, just this stench is too hard of a word. It was just it was always there. And the reason that I felt that it was always there, Doug, was actually because of Brooks Kepka. For when Kepka was having the lead and Kepka was doing what he's doing, you can focus on the tournament. You can focus on what's happening at Augusta, but there's also the natural conversation of Brooks Kepka could have won his fifth major of his of his career. That's that's a it's a rare feat. There aren't a lot of players who have five or more majors. And when you look over the last you know thirty years, it's basically Phil and Tiger. You know, and Nick Faldo added, you know, his sixth in, in the mid-90s. That's that's like the group that we're talking about here. Right, right. Rare, but, rare air. But that conversation was not happening when it came to Brooks Kepka. Again, it was live golf. How many, you know, and, and, and live golf had guys in the top, you know, top ten of, of Three of the, the top six, right? Three yes. Top six? But that's also, that's like... It's not necessarily surprising. No, it's it's, it's it's like if you're going to spend that kind of money, spend it on the good ones. Yes, right? it's yeah. it's like in in college sports back when you used to call it cheating to pay players. Right now it's legal, I guess, so it's not cheating. They people always say like, look, if you're going to buy guys, buy the good ones. Right? Yeah. Buy better. Don't don't buy bad players. Buy good ones. Correct. And and, and I do think that there was this this thought of all right, what happens now? I don't think that because it was a seventy two hole event that that affected yeah, that, Brooks Kepka. That, that is like the 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 dumbest. Correct. That's why. Well, you know, Brooks he hadn't been playing in seventy two hole events, so that's why he didn't play well on day four. <laughs> then how do you, Come yeah, on. Because there's no way. Because then how do you reason Phil, who plays out of his mind? You know, in 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 the no, there's so so all of that. You know, people will point to the competition in saying, "All right, are you really getting that sort of competition feel with live golf?" Which is a 
which is legitimate. But I just I just felt that that was hanging over. At some point, Doug, it's going to dissipate. But there's also certain things that just happen naturally, and you don't know how you're going to respond. And and in, in terms of you know you sit down and you watch a game, and all of a sudden you find yourself pulling for a team that you had no dog in the fight. It's kind of organic, and it's kind of like oh okay all right yeah I'm I'm, I'm kind of into this because it just naturally happened. That's how I felt this past weekend happened. I think that everyone tried to mute the conflict of PGA Tour, of Live Golf and these players in and tried to downplay it and make it about the Masters. And I think that they did a really good job. But the the organic way of doing it, and again, I wasn't on the grounds. Maybe it was different. Maybe somebody was there saying, no, Phil got the loudest roars. All I know in watching, I just felt Jordan Spieth's push was maybe a little bit more focused on than uh, what Phil's was. Yeah. And I just don't think that that conversation – you know, of of greatness in golf, whether it comes with Kepka or whether it comes with Phil's final round, I don't think we were having that conversation or feel because of Live Golf. Um, I when Tiger got in his last car accident, yes, you, you you remember we were we were like on air talking about it as details came out, and I thought he would never play on PGA Tour again. Of course, once again, I was proven wrong. But a little bit proven right in that it's just when when you shatter your ankle after all of those other injuries that he's sustained, um, I don't think people have a healthy enough respect for what your body has to go through to play four rounds, four days of golf, even in because, you know, we all think of like hey, the having champs, you know, we're playing golf, right? We. That's a peach, hun. You know, like you, golf is the golf is one of the rare sports where the more you drink, the better you can play. Right? These are these are not, and and you can play well into your eighties, but to play competitively and not use a cart, yeah, that's really tough. And and watching him as he was shuffling around there before he retired, um, I, I think it was I think it was the, the reality of the Tiger Woods thing is over. And that's what yesterday kind of signified signified to me. Yeah, I, I the guy almost lost his leg. Like, like there, like there, there, there seriously was. All right, do we just amputate this? Yeah. And like that, that, that's. And it was two years ago, two plus years ago, and he's back out there playing. It's not going to be perfect. Tiger has said it himself. Tiger said he's you know he'll try to play the majors and maybe an event here or there, like he just played at Genesis at at Riviera in, in February. And that's about all we're going to see from Tiger. But in Tiger's defense and coming back from all of this, because we did see him withdraw at the end of the PGA Championship last year at Southern Hills in Tulsa after the third round. Again, awful weather conditions there. I don't know how you could get it any worse than what you had to deal with in Augusta this past weekend. Plus, he was caught in the wave that had the worst of it. He was uh, early late on the tee times, so he had to get up. Not only that, after he had to play Saturday morning to finish his second round just to make the cut, he then has, what, 90 minutes to go refresh, get lunch, and then go and get ready and try to tee it up and play another 18? Like that, like it's just... It's 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 really tough. I think that there's a question of whether he'll play in the PGA Championship yep. because it's a month away. It's in Rochester, New York. Who knows about what weather could be like in that you know part of the country in mid-May? I think we all know that you never know what Mother Nature can do. So if so if, if you're Tiger, you're not going to get an 85 degree day in playing in in that, and you could set yourself back a few steps. 
and not maybe be able to play in the U.S. Open, which is in L.A. this year. So it's at L.A. Country Club. So I think like when you look at what's ahead for Tiger, I wouldn't doubt if he misses the PGA Championship just so he's ready to be able to play at the U.S. Open in Southern California. Just my guess. Uh, Jay Stu, did you spend any time watching the Masters with Tiger Nutt in it? I did. I, I you know the time I spent watching the Masters was uh, was the entire I guess back nine yesterday, and I actually sent Dan a text. Now uh, you guys know wait, golf wait, wait, better wait, than wait. I do. Hold on, you sent Dan a text, but not me a text. Yeah, no, I was. It was this was a this is a very golf specific text that I sent Dan. Right. So yeah, but we have a show text. And I was expecting some sort of quirky, sarcastic J. Stu text at any point in time yesterday. That's Didn't good. get any of them. That's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. But we'll get back to that in a little bit. Okay. Okay. Now, on 18, um, this is a complete non sequitur. You guys haven't discussed this yet. Um, on 18, John Rahm hits, uh, hits his tee shot. I think it went into the trees or something. And then uh, th- my sound was down. And then I, I see him drop another tee shot. Like a second tee shot off eighteen, and then you know as 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 he's finishing up the uh, the entire round and winning the the whole thing, I noticed that he he made par on eighteen somehow. So that that provisional ball that he hit, that was not a punitive thing. You could just do that in the Masters. I didn't even know you could just like hit a second ball in case they they don't find your ball. You, you could have done that on our uh, hooky day. Oh, I've we, done that yeah. many times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But you have to declare that it's a provisional. Basically, you're saying, "All right, I'm going to play this one, and if we can't find the other one, then I will play this one, and that will be uh, the shot that I hit from the tee will be my third shot." Yeah, I didn't Saves know they time. could do that, especially at that level at the Masters. That's uh, that's interesting to me. Okay, uh, that one I did know. You could have asked me. I, that one I. Oh, okay. So I, yeah. I could have gone the group. No one knows that. more about OB shots than than, <laughs> than your boy here, right? Right. Why? Because because the question always comes up, and you guys we played golf together. Why do you hit your three wood off the tee? And the reason is Dan Byer. Why do I hit the three wood off the tee? Because you can't hit your driver. Correct. Yes. <laughs> well, in fairness, in fairness, Doug, though, I was asking Jason, he was responding because I was asking him on uh, what he expects from a point guard. That so that so that's why the text exchange was going on. Is I was trying to figure out, trying to pick his brain and what he likes, especially at the uh, next level. A couple uh, things too, by the way. Um, yes. At some point yesterday, Phil was trending higher than Jesus on Twitter. Yes, I, I saw your I saw your tweet about that. Yes. Yeah, and then um, also I I personally, as a, as a guy that's not really a golf guy, I was rooting for. I mean, I've, I've heard this interesting discussion about Liv and, and, and everything else, but I was rooting for one of the Liv guys to win because uh, I like chaos, and I, I just like things that are disrupted. I like when people are uncomfortable. So I was kind of disappointed that, that Rom kind of uh, took over there. Um, I thought it was funny that the amateur, like right in the middle when they're talking, just got up out of his chair. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Bennett, yeah. Sam Bennett, Sam Bennett pops his right up out of his chair while they're talking. Uh, you know, I you you were talking about what's trending on Twitter. Did you think Phil's push was a bigger deal? No. no. You, do I think it was a bigger deal than? Yes. I mean, I thought it was a bigger deal than people made of it. You nailed it. You you were right. Like it's Phil Mickelson. You know, if you pull guy on the street, you're like name a golfer. First name is Tiger Woods. Name another golfer. Phil Mickelson. Right. 
Like in our lifetime, yes. the two most successful and famous golfers are Phil Mickelson, and he's 52 years old, and he hasn't been great, and his health's not great, and whatever. And here he is having an unbelievable round on Sunday at Augusta, and it was a story. But any other year, it, it's the story. It's the story. So I, I completely agree with you, Dan. Completely. The, um, uh, the hottest rookies, biggest superstars, all-time greats, the only place to collect them all, Panini Trading Cards. The official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show for instant classics, autographs, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. Okay, I don't know how much you guys paid attention, but what a complete poop show of a final day in the NBA regular season. Forget the Mavericks and the let's figure out how to tank the last two games of the year. We'll get to that. The late season push from the Lakers making us forget about all the rest of the year. We'll get to that. Did you guys see what happened to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who, by the way, are going to play in the play-in tournament. They had themselves a day. That's next on the Dan Patrick Show. Oh, Dolly, I'm hot today. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.